Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just Some Magic Podcast. I am your host, Morgan, and today's guest is my dear friend, Lindsay, and she has actually traveled to every single Disney park in the entire world. So that is California, Florida, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Tokyo Disney, and Disneyland Paris. She is going to tell us all of her best tips and tricks and which park is her favorite. She ranks all the parks and I will tell you it is very shocking which one she puts at the bottom. So be sure to listen in and she's going to share with us a sweet Christmas story from one of the international parks. Also, I will say that something happened with my mic in the middle of recording, so my my audio is not as up to par as it usually is, so please bear with me on that. Be sure to stay tuned at the very end to hear some of our listener stories that were sent in by you guys. And if you would like to submit your most magical moment to be read on the show, please go to justsomemagic.com and click on the share your magic button. Last but not least, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode of Just Some Magic Podcast. Enjoy the show. We are recording. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Just Some Magic. Today, I have a very special guest that happens to be a part of the Six Castle Club. And for those that don't know, Six Castle Club is you've been to all six Disney parks because if you didn't know, there were six Disney parks in the around the world. So today we have Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. You've done some amazing things in like the Disney community and on Instagram and you've traveled the world. So like you're literally everybody's goal to go to all of the parks. So we can't wait to hear more about that. But do you want to give us a little teaser, the story you're going to share with us today? Yeah, absolutely. So I am going to talk about a very special moment that happened while I was in uh, Tokyo Disney. And it was just this really amazing time um, when I got to meet somebody who I actually knew through Instagram, which is how obviously we know each other. So um, it was just a really special moment and it happened around the holidays and I just think it embodies the spirit of giving and um, it's a moment I will remember for the rest of my life. We love it. We're so excited. All right. So before we get fully into your story, let's ask you a couple of fun questions. Every guest I have on, I always got to ask, why do you love Disney? Uh, but I grew up on Disney. I mean, I think that my mom had me watching the Disney movies when I was still in the little baby swing. And I think I went on my very first visit to Walt Disney World when I was three years old. So Disney's in my blood. I feel like it's just a part of me. I really love everything that Disney stands for. It's, it's about hope. It's about pursuing your dreams. It's about giving back. It's about finding unexpected connections. I think ultimately it's about love, love that we have for each other and how that kind of manifests itself. So yeah, I just 
really love Disney. That was a beautiful description of it. Uh, everybody's kind of said something a little bit similar, but yours, that was just very beautiful and like so touching. I love that. Okay, so not necessarily your favorite Disney character, but which character do you most identify with that you're most similar to? I mean, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to say a female, but honestly, like, I feel like I probably identify most with Goofy because he's just, like, carefree, and I really feel like Goofy lives in the moment, and I, I try to do that. Um, I'm not always successful, but I like to have a good time. I really like to laugh. I would say that my character interactions in the park are always the best with Goofy. Oh. So maybe that's because I identify with him or and, I want to be him. One of those two. And you're this quite tall too. <laughs> you're tall. And then also like Goofy's down for trying new things. Like, you know, he might not be successful at it, but he's always down to try new things like golf or football or building something, all of those funny Disney Goofy shorts. But I definitely see that in you. You're always down to try new things, but you're probably more successful than Goofy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. <laughs> Yes, you are. You are. Um, but yeah, I love that answer. Goofy. I love that. I see it. You're very, you always bring, bring a smile to people's faces. So Aww, thanks girl. <laughs> and way to put me on the spot with that one. Woo. That was hard. Oh yes. Oh yes. I gotta make you think about these. Answers. Okay. Next question. If you could go on any retired Disney ride, whether you've already been on it or not, which ride would it be? Oh my gosh, this is so easy. It still like hurts my soul. I would go on the original Journey into Imagination. The fact that that ride doesn't Ooh. exist anymore like makes me cry every time I think about it. It was my favorite ride as a kid and it's still like my favorite ride of all time, I think. And I just feel so sad that I can't relive it. So if that was an option, oh my gosh, I probably would cry the whole time. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. I have like a very faint memory of that ride too because I really enjoyed it as well as a kid. And I, I just, I can't remember it exactly and I want to go ride it again. So I'm right there with you. You and me will time travel back and go, yeah. go ride it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, what is a dream ride? Only us crazy Disney fans want this to happen. But what is your dream ride to get stuck on? Actually, it's been my dream to get stuck on every ride. I know that's so weird. <laughs> Um, no, I love that. I don't know. I think even like being credit coaster. Yeah, and have to like walk off when you're stuck on the incline. I've heard that that has happened to people. I mean, it would really test mm -hmm. my ability to like dig into my courage, but because I'm also afraid of heights. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> just to see the, yeah. the logistics. Like, how do they do that? How do they unload people? How do they get people off that safely? What is an unpopular Disney opinion you have? So something that not everybody likes that you like or everybody loves that you dislike. Like, oh, I don't want to share it. <laughs> Ooh, share it, share it. Now I really want to know. <laughs> um, I hate being like controversial. I'm using air quotes or like unpopular. I like to go with the flow. So this is like. It's going to make people judge me, but I have got to be honest. I, I didn't get the hype of Tokyo Disney. So, I know. I know. I know. So 
how this is meant to me, because I spend a lot of time thinking about this, I feel like it means like I have to go back as soon as international travel opens back up and things are safe and I can afford it. Like I have to go back to Tokyo and I have to like redo that trip in certain aspects. I mean, the trip was amazing. I was in Japan for over Mm -hmm. two weeks, two and a half weeks, I think. It was like one of the most amazing trips, Uh but I ended on Disneyland and I was tired and I was cranky and the culture shock was real. And I just, Mm -hmm. if not for my really magical story, which I'm about to share with you later in this episode, I think like all around that would have been like a miserable trip. So yeah, it's not my favorite park. And I feel like that's super unpopular because everyone says Disney Sea is the best park. And I would say, "Eh." okay, I kind of see where you're coming from because that is the one international park I've been to. And I don't know if I've shared it on the show yet, but with Tokyo Disney Sea, I feel like there's not as many Disney elements that I would like out of a Disney park. I feel like very easily you can slap a universal sign on it and it's very easily could be universal. So I think that's why I don't like, I love Tokyo Disney. I think it was a wonderful park, but I, w- I want a little more Disney in it and more natural Disney elements in it. They just do a very good job with immersion and everything, but I just want a little, little more Disney. I want a little more characters. I want, is that kind of like, how do you feel the same or is it the other reason? Oh, a thousand percent. And also the way that I did that park, I mean, I, the, I thought I was prepared, but I don't think I was as prepared as I should have been. Mm-hmm. And I started in Italy. So by the time mm-hmm. I actually got to like Little Mermaid and... Agrabah or whatever I'm yeah, I'm the more Disney central areas yes I was already like so jaded because I had done all the non-Disney stuff first Mm -hmm. so I think that that is definitely part of it I also started with that park so I was like oh where is the Disney so I do think that that was a huge I do think that made a really big impact on my perceptions okay I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that if you could work any role at a Disney park Any park in the world that you've been to, what role would it be? I would want to be a VIP tour guide. I'd want to be a plaid and I would want to take Gwen Stefani and her cute little boys around. I think that would actually be a really amazing dream job. So I guess that was easier than I thought. No, I think you'd be great at it. I think you're just very warm and welcoming and you know so much about Disney. Okay, if you could be a VIP tour guide to any park and like say you work at like a foreign, you choose a foreign park, you automatically know everything. So like that's not something you have to worry about. So which part would you want it to be a VIP tour guide at? I kind of think I would like to do Shanghai mm-hmm. and I would want it to be for like high profile American guests because there is such there is like quite a bit of culture shock at that park I think it would be amazing to be able to hire a VIP tour guide at every park but like of all the parks I think that's where you like really want one there's like a lot of magical experiences I think that I could provide as a VIP guide there so Shanghai if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay would love a job there yeah okay Send me over there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so fun. Okay. Out of all six Disney parks you went to, Florida, California, Shanghai, Tokyo, Paris, Hong Kong, which castle is your favorite? I mean, I love them all. I have not been to Hong Kong since the new castle was finished. So 
I just have decided I need to go to all the parks again. <laughs> um, pretty much, pretty much. I want to go to all the parks. So I mean, I join you. <laughs> yeah, come with. I think for me, my favorite castle is Sleeping Beauty Castle in Paris, obviously, because that's one of our favorite movies. And it's like, if you love that movie, oh, this castle is to die for. I dream about going, I dream about just spending hours in that castle. So um, inside, the, I know there's something very special at the bottom of the castle. Um, um, Maleficent's dragon, maybe? I don't know. But isn't, isn't like, okay, they're inside of their castle. I've seen pictures of like stained glass windows and all this stuff. Can you go in the castle? Like it's not like a dining reservation or anything like that. Like, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about inside the castle? Yes. I think some of the newer castles have like much more elaborate interactive experiences for guests. And I really appreciate that as a fan because I think we've all dreamt about being inside these castles, right? The one in Paris is just so wonderful. You walk in and it's very wide and open. And if you look up, there are these trees that are like kind of growing into the ceiling. And that main area is a walkway. So it's how you get through the castle, just like ours or just like the one in Florida. It's just a lot bigger. And then you take a staircase and you go up to the second floor. And on the second floor, there's like a a big circular balcony. On one side are these amazing stained glass windows that have some of the most iconic scenes from Sleeping Beauty. And they are just stunning. I forget the history, but they talk about these stained glass windows on Imagineering Story in one of the episodes. So if you guys have not watched, I encourage you go and do that. But they're just like the most incredible windows. And then as you continue on the loop, there are these amazing tapestries that also have iconic scenes from the movie that are on the interior walls. And one of the tapestries, it has some magic in it. So it's a tapestry of Sleeping Beauty sleeping, Aurora sleeping. Um, Uh And there's like this magical like gold dust that appears on this tapestry. And it's like so special. I could just stand there all day. Oh my goodness. Where's the gift shop? Can I buy all of this? I know, right? <laughs> I want a travel size version. I can fit in my suitcase. I don't care how much it costs. I just want to bring it home, like a sleeping beauty tapestry or a stained glass window. Like a small shop, please make this. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness, that sounds beautiful. Oh, and one more thing: outside in the back of the castle during Halloween, they put this like. I don't know what it's made out of, but they build the thorn bushes that Maleficent and Prince Philip fight in at the end of the movie. And there's like smoke that comes out around it. And Maleficent is there for meet and greets. And it is the sickest thing ever. I actually thought that was there all year round because the first time I ever went to that park was around Halloween. But I guess it's Uh just for Halloween. So... You're a huge Sleeping Beauty fan. You need to go to Disneyland Paris around the Halloween season so you can experience that. It's dope. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is so cool. Uh, I heard, I've seen a couple Halloween pictures from Paris and they just do it so well. My most favorite thing I've seen is Donald Duck dressed as Maleficent. See, Goofy's your favorite. Donald's my favorite. And I just, I love seeing him dressed as Maleficent. Like, it's just the cutest little, evilest little thing ever. 
It's the perfect mashup. Yes. And I only seen it in Paris. I have to go to Paris in Halloween time. All right. If you could bring one element, whether it be a parade, a ride, a show, anything, a castle even, to a U.S. park, to either Disneyland or Disney World, doesn't matter. Say there's room for all of it. What one element would you bring? Also an easy question for me. I think Ooh. I guess I think about this stuff way too much. Uh, the Dreaming Up Parade from Tokyo Disney. <laughs> yes! Yes, 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 yes. A thousand percent. I have seen that in person. It. I, I don't know if I, where I talked about it. I don't know what episode, but that is on steroids. Oh my gosh. Do you want to describe <laughs> it a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think I cried. I think, I mean, multiple times, actually both of the parades, the daytime and the nighttime parades mm -hmm. at the Disneyland Tokyo park are the best parades I've ever seen in my life. Hands down. There's this one float where Wendy and Peter are literally flying oh. and they're like, they, they have a string attached to their back. I don't mm -hmm. even know how this like works. That must be very uncomfortable as a character performer. Yeah. But they just like fly. They look like they're flying mm -hmm. in a circle on this float. I'm not describing it well. We're going to mm -hmm. have to insert some video or photos. Yes. But like it's, it's like, so, so incredible. Yeah, it's the very last like float. I'm pretty sure it's the last float. It's just beautiful. I feel like it's. Yeah, it's like the 2.0 version of our floats. Yes. It's, they're like more innovative. They're bigger. They're more colorful. I don't know. Everything about it, it, it was really I, – I hadn't looked at any spoilers before I went. Uh -huh. So that to me was like the most wow yes. uh, like ride or entertainment type experience. Uh, that I had over and there. It's a long parade too. Mm -hmm. um, it's phenomenal. Dreaming uh, of, yes. Is there any last other comments you want to say about the parade? Oh, yeah. One other thing that I think is genius about Tokyo is that everybody sits down for these parades in like designated sections. And I wish we did this so badly. So for those of you who have never been to Tokyo before, people will stake out their spots maybe like an hour before the parade. And they'll have like these little blankets that are, how big would you say they are, Morgan? Oh gosh. Um, I'd say like three feet wide or three, three feet long and like a foot wide. Like you could put like two butts on it, <laughs> um, sitting side by side, or you can kind of like stretch out your legs yeah. on one of them. I bought those mats cause I freaking yes. love those mats yes. so much. Oh my gosh. They're oh. genius. So everybody has these mats. And about an hour before the parade, people will just like stake out their spots with these mats and everybody respects it to like watch the parade. <laughs> and I just was like, this is so wonderful. I can actually enjoy the parade without worrying about somebody like coming in front of me at the last minute. I can stretch my legs out. I can get a snack. I can set the snack down on the mat next to me. Like what? Um, I loved that. What? And I think we have to do that. I don't know how we make that happen. But everybody who's listening, let's all start bringing our mats to the parks. <laughs> yes. And also, like, people don't think about this necessarily. But if more people are sitting down, more people can see the parade because the parade is up high. There's floats. And so like, like you said, in Tokyo, there's like rows of there's like three or four rows around every like curb and sidewalk of the parade route. 
of people in their mess and it's perfect. And then there's like a row standing and stuff. And that's where it can get a little pushy and shovey. You have a mat, you're safe, you're good. You've got a spot and it's wonderful. So yes, we need to bring mats to the U.S. parks and like that courtesy rule. Yes. The more people can enjoy the parade. I don't normally ask these kinds of questions, but the fact that you have been to all six, how would you rank all six from favorite to least favorite? Uh, I actually wrote a blog post about this. Do I start at the bottom and work my way up or I start, what do you want? All of them? Yes. You literally want me to rank yeah. all 12? Yeah, because I go park by, I mean, literally like park by park. Okay, all 12. And I, yes, if you could rank all 12 parks and start with your least favorite. All right, here we go. Oh my gosh, unpopular opinion. <laughs> okay, coming in at number 12 is the Walt Disney Studios at Disneyland Paris. This park is like not that great. It's a half day park, but it does have one of my favorite rides. So it is not worth skipping, but it's not big enough to make it a full day park, which is why it comes in at number 12. Number 11. Coming in at number 11. <laughs> Hollywood Studios in Orlando. <laughs> Lindsay! Lindsay! <laughs> I mean, again, I'm just ranking the, the worst of the best. I don't love this park at all. I really don't. I mean, it has some, of, it has some great rides. Mm -hmm. Definitely would never skip it. But it's not my favorite. I also... I think part of me is longing for like the olden days. I grew up going to MGM studios and I remember when this park was like much more about Hollywood magic. And for those of you who don't know, I live in Los Angeles. I work in the entertainment industry and it was my dream to work, to move from small town, Wisconsin to the big bad city of LA and work in Hollywood. Like that was my dream. So growing up, going to MGM studios with my family, it was like, I could see how movies were made. And it was like, it gave me that extra encouragement to go follow my dreams and come move out oh, here. So like, story. I had like, I really loved this park a lot. And I feel like it's kind of lost that over the years. Like, I don't really feel like it's about Hollywood or making movies anymore even though it's called Hollywood yeah, Studios it, and they've got some stars. Up, yeah, but. It is definitely changing direction for sure. Um, I think similar to Epcot too, it's becoming a little more IP heavy or intellectual property heavy. So I totally understand that, but I, I'm a big Hollywood Studios fan. I'm a big shows and thrill rides person. And again, I love the citizens of Hollywood. They are like one of my favorite things to go do there. So, okay. So your number 10, <laughs> what is your number 10? Okay, so coming in at number 10 is Tokyo Disney Sea. Oh my gosh, Lindsay. <sighs> I know. But I think we, we kind of exhausted this topic. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I ranked it at number 10 is for the reason that you said, Morgan, which is there's not really enough Disney in this park for my taste. When I go to a Disney park, I want Disney. Mm -hmm. So that's why I put it at 10. That's totally fair. Okay, number nine. Wow. I feel like at, the way that I'm ranking this is like so unpopular. Coming in at number nine is Disneyland. Lindsay. The original <laughs> Disneyland. I know, I know, I know, I know. Who am I? <laughs> I'm literally dying over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm dying as well. Uh, the reason why I put Disneyland at, as number nine, I mean, I still love this park. 
I was going like once or twice a week for a very long time. It has a special place in my heart. It's the original. You can really literally walk in Walt's footsteps. It is special beyond special. But the reason why I put it at number nine is because in the last couple of years, it's become so crowded. It's not really even fun anymore. And I just think the park is so small for how many people they've been letting in. And I get it. Disney has got to make money. So that's why things are the way that they are. But it's almost like an, it's become to me an unpleasant experience having to fight like such big crowds. So that's why I put it at number nine. Totally fair. And you, and everybody, everybody's invalid to their own opinions. So don't at her. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, be kind. She's very kind. We are loved and supportive. And if you've been to all of these parks, please let us know what your rankings are. We'd love to hear it. See if it's similar or different. Go to justsummagic.com and message us. So, yeah. So what are we at? Number eight? Yeah, we're at number eight. So I have Shanghai Disney Resort at number eight. Ooh. Uh, This park is awesome. It has the biggest castle in the world. It is home to my favorite ride of all the rides at all the parks. Which ride is that? And it's got awesome food. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. This ride changed my life. I don't, I can't, I can't even describe it. I don't want to spoil it for you. You have to go to Shanghai Disney at some point in your life and just experience this ride. It is like the craziest ride. It's wonderful. For those that don't know, Shanghai has Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, like Disneyland and Disney World and a couple, I don't know how many other parks have them. But Shanghai's is very different. It is, the technology is way advanced in comparison to the original Pirates of the Caribbean. So I have seen, I haven't been there in person, but I have seen videos and I'm just, I seen like one or two videos and my jaw just dropped. It is unlike anything else. So I totally understand. <laughs> but yes, Shanghai yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, the reason why I put this at number eight is because this is a hard park culturally speaking the concept of cues is not something that i think is very common in chinese culture or i don't know the way that they approach cues is different so everybody is like right up on you and i like i mean like on you you're so every time you wait for anything you're like packed in and there's no such thing as like oh you were in line before me if there's like a little space open someone will just go in front of you and take that space for someone like me who's a rule follower and I like things orderly that kind of chaos is like ah so just be prepared for that when yeah, you go it's like hunger games in line <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Disney's version of hunger games yeah, that's so good line first. <laughs> who can elbow the other person okay number seven okay I'll speed through these at number seven is California Adventure mm-hmm. Now I'm just ranking these. Uh, these are all the parks are my favorite. So now I, I don't even know how, you know, yes. it's just too hard. Number six, I have Animal Kingdom. Mm. Number five, I have Tokyo Disneyland. Number four, I have Hong Kong. You guys, I feel like Hong Kong is the sleeper park. Like nobody talks about it. And it is so wonderful. Like, Everybody is so nice. The cast members go above and beyond. The people are just friendly. It definitely has very similar Disneyland vibes, but a lot of the rides have these really cool, innovative twists. It's home to Mystic Manor, which is one of the best rides in the world. And it's just 
Like it's a really wonderful park. And that was before this brand new castle, which I haven't even experienced yet. So fun, fun side note or side plug for Hong Kong Disneyland. And then coming in at number three is Magic Kingdom. That has a lot to do with my childhood. You know, I, I think I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that I went to Walt Disney World for the first time when I was three. So I've been going to Disney World my whole life. I actually had never been to Disneyland until I moved to California in 2005. So it feels I have a I have more of a close tie to Disney World than I do Disneyland. Coming in at number two is Epcot because that is my favorite park in all of Disney World. And then coming in at number one is Disneyland Paris. And I have to say, Disneyland Paris takes the number one spot because of that stinking Sleeping Beauty castle. (laughs) It's like the most magical thing. And as a Sleeping Beauty fan, it's like everything I ever wanted. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just a great, it's just a, I call it like Disneyland 2.0. It's like 2.0 version of all of our rides. They're just slightly better, but better enough to like, take the trip all the way over there. I heard that their rides are a little more intense. Like their Space Mountain, I believe, goes upside down. So like, so you like, you like thrill rides. So if you like thrill rides and Sleeping Beauty, this is the park for you. Yes. (laughs) That's so funny. That is a very interesting list. Do you want to just recap that list one more time? Yeah, I'll go very quickly as my recap. So ranking all 12 parks in order from a least favorite to most favorite. Here we go. All right. Coming in at number 12 is Disneyland Paris's Walt Disney Studios. Coming in at 11 is Hollywood Studios in Orlando. At number 10, I have Tokyo Disney Sea. At number nine, I've got Disneyland. <laughs> Coming in at number eight, we've got Shanghai Disney Resort. Number seven, is Disneyland's California Adventure. Number six, I have Animal Kingdom in Orlando. Number five is Tokyo Disneyland. Number four is Hong Kong Disneyland. Number three is Magic Kingdom, followed by Epcot. And in the top spot is Disneyland Paris. We love that. Thank you so much for ranking all 12 of those parks. Like, and your reasonings are your own reasons and opinions. So if you guys disagree, you got to go on all the parks and then get back to us. But yes, (laughs) that is amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know one last Uh question. You might have to think about this for a minute. For anybody who has never traveled internationally to a Disney park, what is your biggest tip or advice for them? Uh. Well, I have two. The first one is don't be afraid. I think that um, there's like a stigma attached sometimes to international travel, especially to countries like China or Japan. And it just feels a little scary not speaking the language and not knowing that it's not really the culture that we're used to. So I would say don't be scared. And leading into the second Uh, do your homework. So if you do a little bit of research on what to expect and you're prepared, then there's no reason to be scared and you'll set yourself up for um, a trip of a lifetime. So I actually really encourage people to consider traveling internationally to a Disney park because it's a lot more accessible than you might think. 
And if you time it right and save your money, you can, there are economical ways to do it. So that's my two cents. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's definitely a daunting task to fly across the world. Like my one and only time I've been out of the country was to Tokyo Disney and it was kind of on a whim. And it, luckily, like I had, I was prepared and Raquel was prepared. She did a lot of the homework already before I hopped on her trip. So I totally can agree with that for the one international park I've been to. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for answering all of those questions and ranking all of the parks in the, the world. I was about to say Disney World, but the world. So thank you. Um, and now I'll let you take it away and share your magic and share your most magical moment. So I, as I feel like, as we've talked about almost at nauseum to this point, I've been to all the parks around the world, um, but I've been lucky enough to go to each of the parks during the holiday season. And I didn't actually intend on doing that. It wasn't like I had this goal of seeing each of the parks during Christmas when I set out on that. It just like ended up happening due to some various circumstances in my life. Um, but being able to go to each of these parks during the holiday season already was so special to me. Christmas is my favorite time of year. I really think that I just really love the holiday season. Another thing to know about me is that gift giving is one of my love languages. Oh. So the story that I'm about to share is like a culmination of my favorite time of year, gift giving, traveling, and meeting new people, which I also really love to do. Um, Quick question. Um, your love language, do you, I know one of the love languages is receiving gifts, but do you love giving gifts more or receiving it or both? I both. So I really love receiving gifts that have meaning. I don't love like receiving a gift just because somebody felt obligated to give me that holiday mug. I like when like there's like something sentimental behind it, which thank you for asking that because that actually matters in this story. But I really just I love gifts with meaning. And then same, like I love giving gifts. I love finding things that remind me of people and giving them. It just makes me feel really good. So just backing up because I feel like this is like kind of relevant. I started my Disney Instagram account in 2015. Uh, and really the reason why I did that is because a lot of my friends were like, Lindsay, you are posting Disney pictures like every day to your regular account. <laughs> like, why don't you just create a Disney account? And I was like, oh, I love photography. I love Disney. Okay, let's do it. So I started my account and at that time, like I didn't know anything about, I didn't know that there was like this underground Disney community. I didn't know that there were other people like me who were like so obsessed. Since then it's been awesome. I've met so many amazing people like you, Morgan. I've just been connected in ways that I never thought possible. I mean, some of my best friends I've met on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy to me. Like, 
we meet people through the internet and we meet in person at a very safe and happy place at the parks and it's just wonderful. I'm glad that you get that. Um, So I think that that's just important to note because that's where the story begins. I meet a lot of people through Instagram and some people I've connected with and I've been friends with for years and have never met in person. And that's just like part of it because everybody's based all over the world, essentially. So when I was, when I went to Tokyo, uh, my very first day in um, Tokyo Disney Sea, I received a message from this girl. Her name is Mao. And she was like, I'm so happy that you're here. I would love to meet up with you. And I will nine out of 10 times if I'm able to, I will absolutely meet somebody if they're in the park and I'm in the park. Um, I just love meeting new people. Was she a local? She was a local. Yes. She asked if we could meet up and, um, you know, it was my very first day ever at Tokyo Disneyland. And I was with two of my American friends (laughs) and, um, it was overwhelming for all the stories that I've already shared. So I wasn't really able to meet up with her until like the end of the day. I mean, this is like the sad part of my story, but my my friends didn't have the best time either. And so they, we all kind of decided to call it a night early, which is like, I mean, I'm so sad and embarrassed to be sharing that. But we all were going to leave before the park closed. And I was staying at one of the Disney resorts and they one of the girls actually lived in the city she lived in Tokyo Uh, she's from California but was living there for a while and they decided not to even stay with me in my hotel room they went back to her apartment that was like an hour long metro ride back into the city and so they just like left me which was fine like it was fine but you know like I was feeling sad and I feel like that's important for context right like I had just had this like hard hard I'm using air quotes again like I just had a hard day (laughs) at a Disney park yeah and theme park days can be yeah theme park days can be very exhausting and you mentioned earlier that you know you already did was it two weeks in Tokyo so you've already like traveled a lot um, just a little bit overwhelming and so you're doing you do okay theme park hard and so I yes you're so you're overwhelmed it all just was kind of like bearing down on you yeah yes and so I'm getting ready to part ways with my friends and Mao is like messaging me oh can we meet let's meet up here so we decided to meet at the front of the park and I always get a little nervous before I meet somebody that I've never met over the internet just because you just don't know right and she she came up to me with I actually wish I had it I'll have to send in a, a photo but she came up to me with this Mickey holiday, like standing plush. It was like this big. Um, I don't know how to describe this. Uh, like, I don't know. Looks like 12 inches, yeah. eight or 12 inches. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The size yeah. Of the ruler. yeah. Maybe the size of the ruler. And it was like a cute holiday Mickey with a scarf and like so nice. And she was like, I wanted to give this to you. And I like my heart was, oh, if I was the Grinch, my heart grew like five sizes in that moment. I was just so touched. Aww. Like I had never met this girl before. It's not like we were best friends over the internet, like casual acquaintances. 
And it was like the mm-hmm. nicest gesture. And it really like it touched my heart so much. I can't even describe it to you. So we talked for a few minutes and we took a picture. We went our separate ways and I went back to my hotel and I think I got ramen from the convenience store at the hotel and I ate ramen in bed by myself, kind of like feeling my feelings, you know. But what was so cool about this is that after that, I was like so touched by this gesture and I was going to be at Disneyland for another four days. And I was going to be by myself for uh, a good chunk of that time. And so I ended up messaging her and we hung out at Disneyland together for several hours. And when you talk about like, what's your most magical Disney memory? Like I have so many, but this one means so much to me because this girl who didn't know me at all, she went out of her way to spend the day with me. And it was so amazing. And she helped me. Um, Like I had, we, we met up later in the afternoon. So I had already gotten fast passes and stuff in the morning. And like some, some of them had expired and like some of them, I didn't know what I was doing. And she just like helped me. She would go and talk to all the cast members on my behalf. And she would like show me all the cool things. And she would show me the snacks I should try. And it was like I had my own personal local tour guide. And it was like so nice and one of the most memorable experiences of my life. And I love sharing that story because to me, that's like what the holidays are about. It's about like sharing kindness and love with a perfect stranger. And that day would not have been magical that magical if it wasn't for her and I will remember that girl for the rest of my life and yeah and I want to just thank Instagram I guess making that possible I don't know how else I would have met someone like that connecting yeah like didn't know each other really that well like we weren't friends you know what I mean it was just like this girl who didn't know me went out of her way to welcome me into her country and show me around and that is the personification of Disney magic to me, at least. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, like we said earlier, you were tired and you were kind of at a low moment and she just like brought you, like cheered you up and then showed you around the park and gave you, you know, the local store. I think that's amazing. (laughs) And that is so sweet. Oh my gosh. I hope she listens to this episode. I know. I'm going to have to send it to her. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. I loved it so much. Like, especially around Christmas time too. And a little Christmas. Christmas Mickey do you still have that Christmas Mickey oh yeah I would never get rid of that that is like I good like I'm keeping that for the rest of my life <laughs> oh my goodness yeah you'll have to send me a picture that I want to see because Tokyo merch is very very cute they just do everything very kawaii and cute over there and so totally. I can't I, I want to see I want to see <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing that very sweet story of someone just bringing you a little Christmas magic in a foreign country that is so sweet and so wonderful So thank you for coming on, Lindsay, and we hope to have you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan. And now time for some listener stories that you, the fan, sent in. If you would like to submit your story to be read on the Just Some Magic podcast, please go to justsomemagic.com and click on the Share Your Magic tab.
Today's story comes from Alyssa O. My husband and I did our first Disney World Christmas in 2019. We had planned to spend our first night, which happened to be our anniversary, at the Waldorf Asteria in Disney Springs. When making our reservation, my husband specified that we were celebrating our anniversary. We thought we might get a complimentary Disney anniversary button. However, the Waldorf Asteria concierge had much more planned for us. She gave us the presidential suite. It was like living out of one of those Disney princess fairy tales. It was on the top floor, double door entrance, and views and amenities were breathtaking. I cried because the entire experience was so magical. The cherry on top is that we already had a wonderful evening having dinner at the California Grill and having the perfect view of Magic Kingdom fireworks. This story is written in from Kathy W. I remember as a little girl watching the wonderful world of Disney. I dreamed of the day I would get to go. Growing up, Disney never interested my family. Four years after getting married, my husband made my Disney trip dreams come true. We have now been making Disney memories for 31 years as an annual pass holder. As you can imagine, in at least 31 years, I have experienced many magical moments, but here are a few of my most recent. The first one I'm sharing is one that we still laugh and shake our heads about. In 2019, we received an annual passholder email for the preview of Galaxy's Edge. The only movies my dad and I saw in theaters was the original Star Wars. My dad passed away in 2019, so this was a preview I wanted to go to. I called my daughter Kim to see if she was interested, and she said, of course. Kim called her best friend and Disney travel partner, Brittany, and she was in it too. That meant I needed to call my husband. Hello, honey, do you want to fly down to Disney for a quick weekend trip? Well, he also forgot we live in Cleveland, Ohio, because he said, of course, and add that to the list of why he is my Prince Charming. We waited for the official reservation email and came two weeks before the preview. We flew out Friday evening before the preview, and on Saturday morning, we went into Magic Kingdom. Brittany suggested Mickey Waffles from Sleeping Hollow for breakfast. They were delicious, and on top of all the trips, we had never stopped here. That was the wonderful thing about going with other people, is they'll show you their favorites. Saturday night, we went over to Epcot to catch Illumination since it was ending in September. When we signed up for up for Galaxy's Edge preview, we took an 8 a.m. time slot. If I remember this right, we had about three or four hours to explore. Now we're walking around in amazement and the cast was wonderful. We went to Olga's Cantina. How could we even pass it up even if it was a little early for drinks? We were in Galaxy's Edge, so we were troopers, not stormtroopers. At 9 a.m., we were trying the different beverages that were offered and having so much fun. It was such a great atmosphere. After Olga's, we went in line to get on Smuggler's Run. Kim and I got to be pilots. We did horrible, but it was a blast. We checked out the lightsabers and droid building, tried green and blue milk, and finally went through the gift shops and I bought one of the Star Wars Cokes. Our time was up and we headed back to Epcot and grabbed lunch then back to the resort to get our bags and get on the Magical Express. Looking back, it was super silly to fly down there for a day and a half, but I wouldn't change it because it was super magical. The listener story from Christina B. I have gone to Disneyland every year of my life since I was nine. Now that I'm a mom of two kids and that share the same love of Disney magic, we have gone every year of their lives. We live in Seattle, Washington, but that does not stop us from going down to Disneyland as much as we can. 
I remember the day like it was yesterday. Five years ago on July 17th, 2015, Disneyland turned 60. My mom, my kids, and I were determined to make sure that we were going to be in the parks for the most magical day. So we got up super early in the morning and when it was still really dark, grabbed some snacks, morning coffee, of course, and walked to the parks from our hotel. Not to our surprise, there was a line in front of the Disney entrance to Harbor and Ball Boulevard. My kids were seven and 10 at the time. They didn't mind one bit standing in this long line. My son, who had all the Star Wars gear on and of course his lightsaber, stood happily in line sipping on his hot chocolate from downtown Disney while listening to Disney music playing. My little princess was all dressed up in her honor dress from Frozen, waving her bubble wand around. When we finally got in, we were told by a cast member that if we were leaving, we would not be able to return because they had hit capacity at 8.45 a.m. That didn't matter to us because we knew we were the only place we wanted to be on this special day. The entire day consisted of magic. The banners around Disneyland's 60th were written all over in the beautiful sequins and glitter. The cast members held up special Mickey gloves and high-fived my kiddos all down Main Street. When we came to the castle, I almost cried. It was so incredibly beautiful with all of its 60th banners on it. During the day, there was a special band celebration that aired on the local stations in Anaheim with tons of celebrities that were able to come out and celebrate the special day with Disney. Disney makes sure to make the most incredible sweet treats every day. However, today was over the top. They had treats in every corner of every land to give out free to all the kids and a fun scavenger hunt that led us through all the lands looking for special prizes. You can feel the magic in the air. My seven-year-old daughter at the time ended up falling asleep on one of the tables at Jolly Holiday at about two in the afternoon. I didn't dare leave the park because I didn't think we'd be able to get back to see the night festivities. At one point, a cast member came up and covered her with a blanket at the table and laid a special 60th anniversary cupcake next to her. Just then, the 60th anniversary parade started going down Main Street. It was almost like we had planned it. With the best seats in the house, we were able to watch one of the most beautiful parades during the day. My daughter woke up and we all watched it together. All day long was bits of magic like this. We continued through the parks all day and we were able to get the amazing seats on Main Street for the Paint the Night Parade, which was brand new. My kids entered the park at 8 a.m. in the morning and did not leave till 12.30 a.m. at night. Wide-eyed but exhausted, we all left with our hearts full of Disney magic and lots of Disney bags full of 60th anniversary goodies that we treasure to this day. On Sunday mornings, one of my favorite cups to drink coffee out of is my 60th anniversary coffee mug. Thank you everyone for listening to Lindsay's story. If you have a magical moment that you would like to share on the show, please go to justsomemagic.com and click on the share your magic button. To help support this brand new podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps us out. And also be sure to subscribe and check us out on social media. We are on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Be sure to tune in next week for a Christmas surprise where a mom surprised not one but both of her daughters in a very sneaky way. So be sure to stay tuned for that episode. Thank you so much for listening to the show and I hope you have a magical day.